The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Pixie Podcast, CBS Sports. NFL podcast, Will Brinson, along with Ryan Wilson and John Breach, back in the saddle. <laughs> You're 16 hours after we wrapped up week 18 with the recap show. Um, I feel like I've been talking for, I got like three and a half hours of sleep. I feel like I've been talking for 12 straight hours, which is really most of my entire life is how I feel, but... A very slow Black Monday in terms of firings around the NFL. Uh, I'm curious. Do you guys attribute that to the midseason firings or the in-season firings? We saw three of those. Do you attribute it to the fact that the two biggest names in the coaching cycle, sort of like the quarterback dominoes we see every year, Jim Harbaugh and Bill Belichick, are still encumbered? Or is there some other factor at play? What's up, by the way? What do you think, Breach, in your puffy jacket? Well, in my puffy jacket, which, by the and way, a hoodie. Is still, <laughs> this is, no, this is a t-shirt hoodie. This is my Daniel Tiger hoodie. That's what my daughter calls it. <laughs> he wears a little red hoodie. Um, but anyway, not, in non-Daniel Tiger news and non-Tiger news, I just feel like, Brinson, I think you hit half a nail on the head that – usually don't see three in-season firings where you had so many in-season firings that any coach that was on the hot seat, well, they're gone. They are long gone. Uh, if you went to bed at 11.45 last night and woke up at 7.45 in the morning, two coaches got fired while you were sleeping, so kind of in those overnight hours, and then now you have a couple spots up in the air, uh, and I think the Patriots was never going to happen. Uh, that wasn't going to be a Monday thing. That's something that Kraft and Belichick have to sit down hash it out, figure out what they want to do. Uh, the Titans won. I, I could see Mike Frable leaving, but that's another instance where he's going to have to sit down and have a conversation with ownership and see if they can get things figured out and get everybody on the same page. And then, you know, one thing we haven't talked about that we should definitely talk about is what Jerry Jones said 
uh, on Sunday where he was just asked about Mike McCarthy's future, and he had some fantastic things to say, some very nice things to say. Uh, but then he also, of course, because he's Jerry Jones, threw in, closed with a very Jerry Jones ominous wording, which was, uh, we'll see how each game goes in the playoffs. So, you know, if the Cowboys lose to the Packers, who knows what happens there? I think I think to, to that point, there is a real possibility, Wilson, that we see... So we we saw Brandon Staley of the Chargers, Josh McDaniels of the Raiders, and Frank Reich of the Panthers fired during the season. Like early during the season. Frank Reich was the earliest coach fired since like 1979 or something silly. Um, after the season, we saw Arthur Smith fired at midnight. And by the way, should point out that um, I'm reliably informed, just to sort of push back on what we talked about last night, that Arthur Smith was that the, the post-game melee with uh, with Dennis Allen, the words exchanged, had no influence on the timing of that firing. It was simply the game ended, had the meetings, let him go, just so you know. Then we saw Ron Rivera released from his duties on Monday morning, and I, neither one of those were particularly shocking. I will posit, Wilson, that I think that over the next week or so, we could still see up to four four coaches no longer employed by their current employers. Maybe more. It's funny uh, you mentioned that because I was looking this up. On average, about 6.8 coaches are fired every year in the NFL. And on November 27th, Adam Schefter went on uh, Pat McAfee's show and he said he expected 8 to 10 to be fired this year, which sounds incredibly high. And in fact, he, he said, said like take- up to 12, I feel like. He said, I'll actually take the over. When that number, okay, that's what it was. When when they talked about it, <clears throat> so yeah, we got a long way to go because we're only five into this thing, so we may not even be halfway there. But then, you know, Breach mentioned the Titans, which would f- feel like a a terrible departure. And I don't watch the Titans as closely as you do, Breach. But after, as I mentioned, having to watch them with a microscope in Week 18 because of the Steelers' playoff implications. Mike Vrabel is virtually Mike Tomlin in terms of dragging that team up and down the field, and he's doing it with way less talent around him. Like, if he were coaching the Steelers, he would have five Super Bowls in three seasons of coaching. That's how good he's been. (laughs) So that would seem like a wild one. I mean, who else is getting fired, though? Dennis Allen seemed safe, but you could understand if they had that conversation. Pete Carroll's coming back. That wouldn't have been a firing, but he may have just decided to to sail off to the sunset as someone in his 70s who looks like he's in his 50s. Zach Taylor, I think he should be back on the list. I'm kidding, Breach. Um, but I, who else? I mean, last night, right, so, I mentioned Todd Bowles might might have been an option, but he's in the playoffs, and he's done a lot with safe. a little. So I don't know who the other yeah, you, four you or five teams might be. Yeah, two straight division titles. Yeah. So, so uh, bu- I mean, Buffalo, Buffalo Miami, uh, no dice. The Jets, nothing. I'm just running through the standings here. I think New England, obviously, is still very much on the table in terms of what could happen with Belichick. And I do think with Belichick and Mike Vrabel that they're, those two are good enough coaches. And Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh, too. I don't, I'm not saying Tomlin's getting fired during the, during the playoffs. But there, there was enough buzz about Tomlin, you know, maybe wanting to take a year off that over the buzz. last couple of weeks. All that was was just buzz after you lose to the Cardinals and to the Patriots. That's all that was. Probably. I'm just saying that, like, I'm saying that those three coaches in particular, those names, they are such well-regarded coaches that if they were to be on the open market, that I think it would change the way that certain other teams think about their current coaching situation. Is all I'm saying. So New England, 
revisit something quickly since you mentioned those names, and I'll ask you guys the same question I asked you, I don't know, maybe a month and a half ago. If you are, let's say, the, the commanders, and you could have Belichick, Tomlin, or Vrabel, are you guys still sticking with your first-round pick from six weeks ago? I mean, I'm taking Belichick. Uh, and that's so. Well, we well, Vrabel we did, is Vrabel is highly I- intriguing to me. However, so now timeout, time. Wilson. When we did this exercise six weeks ago, the question was the Chargers, and in the, oh, Chargers, the Chargers situation, okay, okay I am taking Belichick because there's a quarterback in place, okay. and there's let's say could, with the Chargers. I couldn't remember that. No, Thank no, but with thing. the Commanders, I'm not taking Belichick. That's oh. the difference in the situation is right, that you ahead. don't have that young quarterback in place. I, I want him to ruin Drake May. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You would want that, Brenton. Um, yeah. But if you Belichick's not going to be there forever. He's not going. He doesn't have time to sit there and find a franchise quarterback and build that team. So if I'm the Commanders, I think I would probably take Brable. They have the number two pick though, so you can draft one after those three. Yeah. Out of those three. So, okay. so anyway, so I think New England. New England, you can at least talk about Pittsburgh in the playoffs. Not no discussion. Um, Jacksonville. It's, Oh, no. Dude, they gagged. They had a 98% chance to make the playoffs and completely choked. Tennessee, I think, has to be in the discussion. Why, again, City, why is Tennessee in the discussion? But because Mike Vrabel might leave. He he and he and he and there's something going on there right now. He's not on the he, same page as the front office. He's not getting along Ron, with the yeah, general manager. He and Ron Carthon aren't getting along, and AD Adam Strunk sort of forced the marriage. And there's just something. There's Mike Vrabel. Has not no nobody involved in the Titans has come out and denied any of the stuff that's going on with the Titans. So I think I'm just saying, like, I'm not saying there's going to be a change. I'm just saying that's one to watch. So New England, Tennessee, I think you can take Kansas City and Seattle and lump them together and just say, I, I don't think Andy Reid's retiring. I'm just saying they're he and, Carroll, conversation. he and Pete Carroll are old. I mean, who knows? Maybe he was a Super Bowl and walks away, and then, then you have an opening. Um, Dallas is definitely on the table especially if Belichick leaves the Patriots and Mike McCarthy loses to the Packers as a set, as a touchdown plus favorite at home in, in the postseason. Like, I think it's why it is so wild how the Eagles failures late this season may have opened up the door for Mike McCarthy to be in more hot water because now that you're, you know, it's like, all right, the Eagles are 10 and 1. What can you do? You just can't win the division. Well, the division got handed to McCarthy on a platter. They get the two seed. And now it's like if you lose that playoff game, it is so significantly worse than losing on the road as the five seed, right? Oh, well, let me ask you this, Brenton. Let me ask you this. If the Cowboys lose to the Packers, and this can be a question for Wilson also, and the Eagles lose to the Buccaneers. Who do you think's in hotter water and more likely to lose their job, McCarthy or Sirianni? I think McCarthy, but I'll tell you this. Alex Selznick, who's <laughs> a big Eagles fan on the earlier show today, was like, if Sirianni loses this, he's getting fired, which is insane to me. I, I said he, last night I think that Sirianni's they, not water. I agree. I said last night that when they got rid of those both those coordinators, the offense and the defense both went in reverse and not reverse slowly, reverse like they were going 85 miles an hour, well, Thelma well, and it right over the cliff. I think we just reverse ourselves into another team that could end up with an opening if the Eagles lose in the playoffs as well. So I think you throw them on there. Uh, so Minnesota. Now? So we got New England, Tennessee, Dallas um, and Philly. Dallas and, and Philly. Jacksonville, according to Brenton. I, I'm just I, I'm just throwing it out there. And we'll then say with those I, four. I'm not going to put Jacksonville on there yet. So you have four. That's you fine. Have I, four. Think, I think Jacksonville. I think Jacksonville is the same as New Orleans, right? A team that finished nine and eight, disappointing. You missed the playoffs. Looks like Dennis Allen. I, th- I think he's coming back with some questions about Pete Carmichael. So, 
What about Chicago? Matt Eberflus safe? I heard that he was safe a few weeks ago, but I haven't heard anything since. I think Rappaport tweeted that out. If if it feels like he would have been fired today if it was going to happen, right? I think Robert Sala. With Dennis picked- Allen, real quick with Dennis Allen, can you imagine though going into your end of season meeting with ownership and the last thing that happened was your entire team undermining you and <laughs> scoring a touchdown when you told them not to? I mean, that's not a great look. Yeah, it's like yeah, so. Just what? be clear your your backup quarterback pulled a coup on you. It, <laughs> and, a and everyone went along vintage. with it. Yeah. And I, then, wish and I, had, uh, I wish I had mentioned this to producer Harry earlier, but James's explanation at his locker room was fantastic. Mm-hmm. He was very apologetic. He was like, look, yeah, we just did it. We talked about it as a team. And he did make a point that I can sort of get behind, but I, I get why Arthur Smith was angry. Um, if Tyron Matthew just gets into the end zone, it's not a problem. But he was mon- monkeying around. He got tackled to the one. He's like, all right, well, Jamal Williams hasn't scored. Z- he's scored zero touchdowns. He had 400 last year. Let's hook him yeah. up. And by the way, this ain't the homecoming game where you're playing the JV team. Those dudes get paid a lot of money. Play defense for one play. Well, I mean, it wasn't fake, fake neither. <laughs> hey, I love it. You, you got to sell it. You got to sell it. To, you have to sell it to convince Dennis Allen you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. So you got to do the fake knee, and then you just run it in. I and then, but the ex, the thing about Jameis's explanation, I agree with you completely. That was the best. Is he's like, well, yeah, yeah. I just explained it to to Da. It's I apologize to him. No, no, he didn't even say. I think he said I explained it no, to him. Yeah, he said I apologize to him. <laughs> he said, I told, I told DA apologized. what the deal was. Okay, so that's sort of where we're at right now. And so that's we, nine teams. So I, I don't think it's out of the question that we see three, four, five more teams open up. It looks like it's going to be le- way less than it was. But again, we're recording this at five o'clock on Monday night, Monday afternoon. Any, things could change at any moment. And Jim Harbaugh is good. Jim Harbaugh and Bill Belichick are going to be domino factors here in terms of what else happens with the coaching cycle. Let's One second, let, me the- ask, let me ask Breach something real quick. Breach, give me a out of left field candidate of a team to fire a coach that we didn't see coming. You're, this is something you've probably been thinking about. Uh, I mean, I feel like we mentioned the Eagles. That seemed like the furthest it would get. And it feels like that's all kind of come just because of this total collapse at the end. I think the Seahawks will be interesting. I know that Pete Carroll said he plans on being back, but he's getting up there in age, and maybe he's getting tired of dealing with the nitty gritty. And says, "You know what? Uh, I'm Russell good." Russell's gone. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, he said. Know, he they, said. He said. At this point, like there's a ca- right. there's a caveat added onto there. So, I, I think you can at least. Yeah, I think maybe so there's, an a, there's, a, there's a path. <laughs> According to Brinson and you, I'll lump you in there too, Breach. Where two teams in the playoffs, the Eagles and the Cowboys, both in the same division, could be looking for new coaches in a month. And uh, Pete Carroll's 72 years old. So but he it, looks great. I mean, he does look great. If you asked who's older, Pete Carroll or, or Bill Belichick, you would say Bill Belichick's Pete Carroll's grandfather. Yeah. <laughs> Bill Belichick, lo- Belichick looked awful today uh, at his press conference, actually, which, uh, you know what? Let's hear what Bill Belichick had to say at his press conference. Good morning, Bill. Um, in, in the event um, you are no longer the coach of the Patriots, would would you be interested in coaching for another team? In the yeah, I'm not going to get into a lot of hypothetical situations. <laughs> Do we have the one more clip? I just want to see more Sullen and Belichick. Okay. Wondering if you've given any serious thoughts of relinquishing the personnel, maybe some of the draft responsibilities, and coaching the team, which you were saying yesterday, is something you still really want to do. Yeah, I'm, look, I'm for whatever, um, you know, collectively we decide as an organization is the best thing to help our football team. And, you know, 
I have multiple roles in that, and I rely on a lot of people to help me in those uh, in those responsibilities. If somebody's got to have the final say, uh, I have it. I, I rely on a lot of other people to help, and you know, however that um, yeah, whatever that process is, you know, I'm, I'm only part of it. <laughs> What's that? Sounds like he had a cold. Yeah, well, he's been sick. He switched his uh, in-person meetings to Zooms, I think, his last two press conferences because he's dealing with something. Huh. Mm. Yeah, that he, he looks, like, looks like he doesn't feel great. It's also, I mean, I feel like that's how I looked all day. Like doing, doing it's funny it. you say that. Like, I was going to uh, ask Producer Harry, uh, stop what you're doing, Photoshop a beard on Bill Belichick, and let's do a two-shot with Princeton and Belichick and see what before <laughs> and after looks like. That's you in 20 no, years, buddy. He's that's fine. I have the rings. He's got like the it's the thing where like your hair, like he you know, it's like it's like one piece of like hair is sticking out, indicating that he sort of maybe took a shower this morning, but might have just hopped on Zoom and is just exhausted. Um, and Breach, yeah. I would say quickly that if Brinson were honest with us, that's exactly what his hair looks like right now when he takes that wig off. I'll just leave. Oh, definitely. Go ahead. Hundred percent. So. Where do you think Belichick, what do you think happens with Belichick and the Patriots? Because I, I do think you got to be a little careful with these sometimes when we're talking about these future situations. I think with this situation, it would be a pretty massive upset if the Belichick Patriots uh, saga was resolved, you know, like right in, in a way that was not um, a little bit drawn out. Don't you? I mean, you have, and Breach, you pay attention to timelines more than I do. You have a little time with the playoffs sorting themselves out in terms of candidates, but I would imagine there's some backroom wheeling dealing between agents and teams about who we're going to line up our interviews with, and maybe you can even do that legally. I don't know the logistics of it, but you don't want to wait around too long because then you get stuck with, you know, Matt Patricia is uh, on the old airport treadmill coming back your way, and you got to got to settle with him. Well, I think the one thing with the Patriots is that. Robert Kraft probably feels like he can wait or he can milk this out as long as he needs to because on one hand, maybe you keep Belichick. I mean, everybody keeps assuming. I don't feel like any – the only person who knows is Robert Kraft, and I don't think he has talked to anyone because everybody keeps prefacing their reports with likely or this could happen. This isn't Belichick is definitely done in New England. And, uh, you know, if that happens, I would be surprised but not shocked. I could see Kraft saying what – we just saw Belichick got asked about, hey, are you willing to give up some control to stay here? And he didn't say no. He sounded open to it. And so if Kraft made that same proposal, I could see Belichick agreeing to it. And he might not want to start over. He's in his 70s. Like the, the thought of starting over might not sit well with him. And he's thinking, you know, I'll just stay in New England until I'm retired. And for Kraft, you're thinking, you know what, we can wait a couple weeks because maybe Kraft's looking at something like uh, Mayo on his coaching staff. So you know that you already got your, one of your top candidates on the staff. So you don't have to go out and interview a bunch of people. So I, or, I don't or think maybe, maybe you want Mike Vrabel to succeed Belichick and you want to see how that plays out in Nashville. Right. So I don't think the Patriots, I don't think Kraft is in any hurry to get this yeah. done and, right and now. I also think that there's a, like maybe a, I just sort of got to this. idea. I think breach, I think to your point, it is being treated as a fait accompli that Belichick's out. And then he's going to go somewhere else. And he's just Washington or the Chargers. I mean, th that is an age where like he's going to he 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 is going to try to break Don Shula's record no matter where he has to go. I think, but I would guess that he would vastly prefer to stay in New England to use the number three overall pick 
to try and get a quarterback or, you know, I mean, is there like, I don't know, trade for Justin, like trade for Justin, trade a future, trade a future first for Justin Fields to swap up or like whatever, however the hell you have to do it. What if you don't trade anything, Brenton? What if you go to the Falcons and sign Kirk Cousins? The Falcons? Oh, oh, go, yeah. Belichick goes to the Falcons and oh, says, you know what? I got you. Let's bring in Kirk Cousins. He's a free agent and he can get the ball to Drake London and Kyle Pitts. And I think we can be competitive and win the worst division of football. And, and, that, and, that, de- pick too. and, that, and, and that defense is pretty good. You may have to get that number eight pick for Belichick, though. I don't know how that's going to sort itself out if he doesn't get fired. I really think, and and again, and this is also, we saw this. Remember, we've seen this with quarterback cycles. It happened with Tom Brady. And it happened with Aaron Rodgers where the process, which is normally so – usually like when we've seen a bunch of interviews and stuff, you know, reports of Washington interview these people and Panthers interviewing GMs and all this. But the, the process is going to be so bogged down, I think, by Belichick, by Vrabel, and by Jim Harbaugh because of the timelines involved with all these guys. So I think that's interesting to watch. And, yeah, like – I don't know, man. You, go to the, you put Belichick on the Falcons with Kirk Cousins or Justin Fields. And those weapons, you probably feel like you can do some damage in your first year, right? Absolutely, especially in that division. I mean, they went 7-10 and 10 with not Belichick and not Kirk Cousins, and they would be upgrading at head coach and at quarterback. And- well, one thing I'll say, and I don't disagree with that, but we don't know if Kirk Cousins, when he's going to be ready, number one. That's true. So that's one concern. And you cannot roll with the current crop of quarterbacks that they have there. No disrespect to Taylor Heineke or Desmond Ritter. So that's the thing. And the other thing I'll come back to, yeah, best coach ever, but why do you have faith in him suddenly fixing an offense that doesn't include someone named Tom Brady? Just because Kirk Cousins is really good and we don't even they, make fun of him They anymore scored less like? than 10 points four times uh, since we since November 12th. That's well, look, not you can great. blame Bill O'Brien and, and Matt Patricia, but this is the dude that hired him. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I agree. I think that's more of a talent thing, though. They didn't have the talent to compete. Again, that's Belichick's fault, but that I don't think Mac it's Jones, a coaching We weren't talking thing. about Mac Jones in year one. We were like, oh, okay, he's goofy. Maybe he'll work out. And then, I mean, it's like you get into maybe, maybe you go to the Falcons, you get Mac Jones. Is there a picture of me, Belichick, with a beard that looks just like me? Is that what we got, Harry? Oh, look at that. Oh, no. Oh, my God, Harry, what are you doing? Nightmare fuel. Oh, my God. What a great photo. If you're listening to this, please go to YouTube and look at this picture. Do not tweet it out, however, because you will get banned from the internet. At, okay, at the 21 minute mark, go <laughs> like yeah. find it. Oh my God. Harry, you're Harry, going to jail for this. That's what is amazing. going on here? Harry should win a golden glove for that. <laughs> he really should. <laughs> a golden glove? Blo- golden globe. Globe. Golden globe? <laughs> I was say golden glove. By the way, I don't follow like the award shows at all, but I did look through the, um, I like looking at the outfits. Shout out to Billie Eilish for what she wore. That was crazy. <laughs> So crazy. It looked like something Breach wearing his dad's suit when he was two years old. All right. Let's run through. Mm, actually, you know what? Let's take a break. When we come back, anything else you want to talk about from, um, I mean, I know we were going to talk about the coaches who were fired. It does feel like we covered Arthur Smith at length. We have a Ron Rivera, but Arthur Smith shouldn't be surprising. He went seven to 10, three straight years. You know, you, you just weren't winning. And when your offense is that bad and you've invested, was uh, what pick was Cal Pitts? Is he four? He was five, five and then the other two were eight. Yeah, five. And then, yeah, yeah. And then Bijan and Drake London, Bijan Robinson and Drake London were eighth overall. You, when your offense is that bad and you've invested that much capital in it, 
Um, that's a problem. We also mentioned Terry Fontenot, the GM. He's going to be uh, he's going to have input into the head coach search. There's a lot of smoke about there about the Falcons' interest in Belichick. We'll get to that uh, after after this when we rank the, the coaches. But I don't think really any huge surprise in terms of Ron Rivera and Arthur Smith. So let's take a break. Unless you guys have something else you want to tack on. Break, and break. when we come back, we'll rank all the head coach openings. So that way I can steal your rankings and use them for my article. Next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Every time I see my phone light up, I keep waiting for like, all right, something's going to break live while we're live on YouTube. Remember that time that... that uh, um. David Johnson got traded for DeAndre Hopkins and we were live on the internet. That was wild. <laughs> and that, that man, my- the man responsible for that was in charge of helping Mac Jones revitalize his career. Weird. That didn't work out either. Did not go well for him. And also the Bama stinks now too, apparently. So we've got five head coach openings currently. The Washington Commanders, the Los Angeles Chargers, the Las Vegas Raiders, the Atlanta Falcons and the Carolina Panthers. How would you rank those five openings, Wilson? You know what? Let's do this. I'll go first since I got the first round pick by virtue of you. We'll just do a draft. Okay. I was going to suggest that, but I didn't know if it would work. And I was like, kind of my bad. first pick, and this is going to be oh, wait, wait, who, who, goes, who goes second. Um, do rock paper scissors three? Well, I go. I seem to go last in every draft, so I'll oh, we'll just keep that there you up. Go. Okay, so Boom. you go last. That's fine. All right, cool. All right, Wilson, he you're up first. Reach did knife for rock, paper, scissors. He lost. Okay. So you mentioned Reached, the five teams there. Reached I'm going to throw you a curveball. Rock, paper, scissors. This is going to be the 2006 draft where Reggie Bush doesn't go first. It's oh, what's yeah. his name? The edge rusher from, Penn, from NC State that goes to the Texans. Mario Williams. Mario Williams. I'm taking the Washington Commanders. And here's that's mine. That was my, that was the number one team on my big board. And here's why. And it's, it's pretty simple. Two things. The second overall pick. They have $78 million, $78.8 million in cap space. That's first on planet Earth. The Chargers, spoiler alert, if you want to take them two or later, are 29th. They have negative $34 million right now. So ton of cap space, ton of draft picks because you traded away everybody on defense. You get the right coach in there, the right GM, draft your quarterback at two or do whatever, sign Kirk Cousins, bring him back home. It doesn't matter. And then you roll them because that's a market. Here's the thing. Who's, oh, I was talking to my buddy who's a, a Washington fan, a beleaguered Washington fan, long time, obviously. If you get the owner right, it doesn't matter where your team is located. Like Minnesota plays where it's negative 40. Ownership there is awesome. Kevin O'Connell's doing a great job. Um, Rick Spielman loved being there for 30 years 
or he was there 10 plus years, whatever. <laughs> that's what matters. The owner, that's it. Like if the ownership was right in Carolina, that place would be a hot spot. Like people would love to come to Carolina, but it's not. And it's a, it's a doo-doo show. So I'm going with the commanders. Uh, Breach, uh, Brinson, excuse me. Well, the, the commanders call. were my number one. So I was a little upset when you said that because I was hoping you'd trade go. Up. Herbert, um, well, I don't think you would have traded. Commanders were, were my number two. Okay. Um, here's the thing. So this is in Washington. You have a revered franchise that was run into the ground by a one, well, really two men, Bruce Allen and, and Dan Snyder. But Dan Snyder just ran this franchise into the ground. Josh Harris has come in and he's basically doing, it's the uh, not Dan system, the opposite of Dan Snyder. And you saw it. He waited until after, he didn't fire Ron Rivera on his birthday, which is definitely what Dan Snyder would have done, if not before. He's being patient. He brought in, he's going, thinking outside the box. God, what's the guy's name from the from the Warriors that he brought in? Myers. Bob, Bob Myers. Myers. And, which we have to ask about now, Wilson, did you know? that Rick Spielman was going to be taking this consulting role with the Washington Commanders, or did you find out on Twitter? I didn't know the specifics. I knew he something was in the hopper. Yeah. Um, I so mean, I which is which is fair, because like the way it came out was like, Ron was let go, and immediately he and Bob Myers were in the mix, and Rick telling any... Rick was incredibly shocked that it became the news that it became. He, he didn't know. I called him today, and I said, uh, hey, I've had a busy morning. He goes, oh, yeah, what have you been doing? I said, and I just told Precious before the show, I said, when Adam Twe- uh, Adam Twefter, when Adam Schefter tweets your name, it, it's a big deal. He goes, oh, I had no idea. I said, yeah, I've been answering texts all day. Oh, yeah, but you've been getting hit you're up like, left and You're right. like Rick's secretary. Yeah. yeah. He goes, oh, how about that? And co-host. <laughs> but uh, anyway. Uh, I mean, it does seem like this is not a GM role. Like Rick doesn't really want to get back in and be a GM. Or I don't know if it could be. It, no. it seems like this is so. I, I, I can I can break news here. Rick is not going back into the league. He has made that abundantly clear on the podcast okay. all the time. Yeah, he, he, yeah. this is this is a, a consulting uh, what's it called? Role. consulting role. He is he is uh, on the search committee as a. Well, I think this is really interesting because by bringing in Bob Myers and Rick, our colleague Rick Spielman, and I think Magic time. is part of this conversation too. I well, think Magic's an the, owner, but I think he's in the on the committee. If I. Remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but I'm saying that they're bringing a guy who understands culture from a different sport who can is going to say, like, all right, let's try out these processes, just a different viewpoint. And then Rick, who's got all these connections inside the football world, and I think it generally regarded as like a – like I mean, everybody likes Rick Spielman. Like, he's a good guy. He – you know, he's going to he's gonna have – like, you could see Josh Harris trying to build organizational culture in a way that it just wasn't there before. And when you have that number two overall pick, if you hit on a quarterback – you you could be in better shape immediately than the Chargers, who are also in the same division as Patrick Mahomes for the next ten years. Um, and by the way, if the Chargers miss on Jim Harbaugh and the Raiders get him, that's not exactly helping matters either. So I think that there's a lot of wait. What ri- are we are we going down the AP Antonio Pierce drive? Or are we not convinced that that's going to happen? Not I'm, yet. We're still ranking our spots. We can talk about that when we get okay, to that. Sorry, draft sorry, sorry, sorry. My bad. Um, Don't ruin this draft. You're the draft guy. <laughs> but yeah, big fan. Big fan of the Commanders as a job. It's a, the fan base is incredible. The city is a huge sports scene. That if if you if you get that place going, you turn around Washington and they will build you a statue. You win a Super Bowl with Washington and and like flip the Dan Snyder thing on its head, you'll win a statue. I think that's why it'll be attractive to Belichick to some degree being from Annapolis, but we'll see. I have the number two overall pick. 
I think I have to take the Chargers here. They they have Did Justin you? Herbert. He already took them two eight. I know. They I know have, they they have Justin Herbert. It's, it's just you have to take Justin. They're negative thirty four million in cap space. Yeah, you can you can trim that. Fact. They're in the same division as Patrick Mahomes. I'm and, not happy about it. I'd rather and Jared Siddham and Aiden O'Connell. Mm, fair. All right, um, Rachel, I know which way you're going. You got a layup. If you blow, who's this your breach, number? Wilson, who's your two though? Chargers. <laughs> <laughs> breach, I, I assume I, Chargers. Chargers were your one. Uh, Chargers were my one. I, look, the salary cap later and salary cap hell. That is no doubt, but. Justin Herbert, obviously, and you have a top five pick in the draft. I mean, you're sitting there with the fifth overall pick. But who are you going to take, though? I mean, they need the offensive line help, which isn't super sexy because you have Justin Herbert. Trade down. You have uh, okay. literally do anything. Like, I mean, you can do that. Be, right. pick, picking fifth overall. I mean, they might need wide receiver help. You might need to take Marvin Harrison Jr. Oh, if he's there, yeah, definitely. But I think they they might miss I mean, out. Mike on Williams that. is a free agent, right? And uh, oh no, no, Mike. They re-upped Mike Williams, but he's coming off. They the re-upped Mike Williams, but yeah, they can get out of there. There's a there's a whole lot of maneuvering that's got to go on with those with them as a whole. All right, with the third overall pick of what is the best job opening for a head coach, I was split down the middle, and my tiebreaker ended up being the easiest path to win the division. I know it. I knew so, it. I took the Atlanta. Falcons. I just mm. think that they have the cap space. They have the eighth overall pick. If you get a smart head coach and a good quarterback in there, you are a serious playoff contender, and you should be able to coast to uh, – you find a quarterback that's better than Baker Mayfield and Derek Carr, you're going to win that division. So they're picking eighth, and they feel like a much more stable situation right now than the Houston Texans were 12 months ago. Yes, yes. I, I agree with that. Get it right. Do, um is, would anybody consider putting the Falcons above the Chargers yes. or putting the Falcons above the command? Okay. And I, I had the Chargers initially as number two, but as I think about it and reaches logic in terms of where you're playing in the division you're playing and the cap space you have, yeah. Justin Herbert is incredibly attractive, no doubt about it. But he's been on that team for three years, and that team has sucked, not because of him, but they haven't helped him. So you got to get the right person in there to help him as well. Well, I would think of the teams we've drafted so far, if they all drafted someone tomorrow morning – the coach that would have the best chance of still having their job in five years would be the guy hired by the Falcons. I mean, Arthur Smith would like a word, but sure. What? He's kept people around him. They didn't have a quarterback. Arthur, no, 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 Arthur Smith, who just got fired oh, three years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, no. no. I, think, I think Arthur Blank is generally pretty patient as long as you're not a total. Unless you, uh, you know what I heard? 10 games in three years. I heard that Arthur Blank saw Arthur Smith at Lowe's, and that was the final straw. <laughs> <laughs> can we can we like stop doing like like I don't want an owner with the same name as a coach I don't like that. yeah well, that, that can't happen yeah and same thing with like same thing with like Matt Nagy and and Matt Eberflus and Ryan Poles and Ryan Pace like no, come on guys like just I get maybe. Poles and Pace confused all the time okay so I actually had the Falcons at number three as well breach you I guess get two picks here yeah go ahead you can go back to oh for snake draft and my split was the Raiders yeah that's what I had. I've got, I mean, I've got the list I've, I've written down in this article. Raiders four. Uh, Hold on, I will, before you go next, I want to ask you this. I'm going to pass on my next pick, Wilson. You're up with the number five pick. <laughs> I was going to say, what is the the chasm between four and five on this list? It's Whatever your fourth team is in the in the Panthers. I mean, if you're, you the Panthers' job is so bad. I think you would prefer to do what D'Amico Ryan's and Ben Johnson did and turn down the interview and just either go back to being a coordinator or hope out, hold out for something better. Well, I, I mean, mean I on the other it. hand, you, you will gain generational wealth <laughs> and you will accrue it within two years when you're I fired. I would imagine 
if you had like a one of those serious sit downs with Matt Rule and Frank Reich, they would both say it was not worth it. <laughs> yeah, I mean they were both loaded beyond belief to begin with, so it wasn't. Yeah, I, and I Matt Rule. Looked, know. Matt Rule ended up going to Nebraska. It worked out fine for him. But I mean, he he put up with two years of nonsense, and you can argue, and you know, you and I talked about it when Matt Rule got fired. The the initial comments from David Tepper making fun of his baggy pants, and I can't believe I hired this guy. And then Frank Reich felt like he didn't stand a chance, as you pointed out. He was one of the he's no one's been fired earlier than Frank Reich. Then uh, then I don't know since when. Who wants to? I was talking. Uh, I, I don't know if you heard this, by the way. Um, uh, Hayden Hurst was talking. Was, by the way, did uh, we say uh, that, that Federer also got fired? Did we mention that? Yeah, oh yeah, Scott Fitter, the GM for the Bears. Yeah, sorry. That talk about things that were obvious that was going to happen. I mean, I've been people have been like, "Do you? Uh, what do you think uh, Scott Fitter's future holds uh, with the Carolina?" I was like, "What are you talking about? He's getting fired." <laughs> you think David Tepper's going to miss a chance to fire somebody on Black Friday, Black Monday? Come on, please. Um, anyway, go the, with Hayden Hurst. Hayden Hurst was asked about Bryce Young and said he had too many voices in his ear and basically insinuated that at the college level at Alabama. There is one voice. It is Nick Saban, the voice of God, so to speak, who controls everything and handles everything, and keeps it streamlined. And with this particular Panthers team, with all this this big coaching staff, that there were a lot of voices in his ear and a lot of people who wanted to take credit when he was the next guy, which I think is really interesting because you have an OC, you have a, you have, you have a head coach who got fired, who didn't really work with the OC, who was kept, and then a quarterback's coach and a running back's coach who were also fired. And so we've heard, we heard that Joe Person reported this too, that there was a lot of like, uh, like Game of maybe drama. What's that? Game of Thrones. That's just Game of happened. Thrones within the coaching staff. And I think that that all goes back to David Tepper. And Again, David yeah, it's Te funny you say that because when I was thinking about it, and I talk to Rick about this all the time, like the Wilfs are, he talks about them being great owners. They're not in anyone's hair. You do have to yep. answer questions by why, why certain things go certain ways. And I would say to Rick, Occasionally, I said, so if a coordinator's messing up, are you having a conversation with Zimmer? He goes, no, it's not my job. I let Zimmer coach. I let the coaches coach, and I do what I'm supposed to do, and that stays separate, and there's no sort of Game of thrones -ing going on. But when you're – in part because of the stability at the top, to your point, when David yeah. Tepper is out there throwing water on people and cursing at Breach uh, right before he fires water. Frank Reich. Yeah, whatever that was. I mean, This is melted caviar. Oh my gosh! So yeah, you well, don't have and, a chance. And don't, and don't forget too that when he hired Matt Rule, he basically forced Matt Rule to hire Joe Brady as his offensive coordinator because Joe Brady was the hot name in with coordinators. This has been a recurring theme for David Tepper since he bought the Panthers is impressing what he thinks is the best thing to do upon the coaching staff. And if you don't let football people do football things, you're just going to end up hiring and firing people over and over again. And that's why this job is fifth, and it's not even close. Like, what job is there a job in the NFL that could come open? Like, just again, any job could come open that you would slot below the Panthers. Well, the bad teams are Washington, New England, Arizona, LA, and none of those jobs are come close to that. Hey, Bruce, I'm let me ask you this. Right. How did the, uh, how did the Bengals, how did the, Mr. Brown get out of his own way and allow the Bengals to be good. Uh, I mean, that started with Marvin Lewis. So it took 15 years of Marvin Lewis, not getting fired and just kind of <laughs> slowly at a turtle snail's pace to turn things around there and let other people make decisions. 
And then Zach Taylor got the benefit from that. But look, the Bengals were a team that no, they were this, they were the Panthers in 2019 yeah. when they were going through this coaching search and they hadn't been to the playoffs in a while. And it, so Mike the Brown. The answer is Joe Burrow. Is yeah, answer. well, I mean, and that's the problem if you're the Panthers is that you're stuck with a quarterback who is not doesn't feel like is going to take you to a Super Bowl, and and if not you're going to be the head coach there, you have to embrace Bryce Young, even if you don't want to. So that's let another me ask you this breach because I'm too close to the situation because I I love Bryce Young more than I love my kids. Where on the list of problems at Carolina does Bryce Young rank in your mind? Uh, three. All right, that's. I think Tepper's one, just offensive can't have line. a brace of boss. Yeah, Tepper's yeah, one, the offensive one. line is two, and then I think the, the the weapons are probably three, and then Bryce Young's four. And the coaching staff not helping them out could be in that mix too, but yeah. Tepper, Tepper might be one through five, honestly. That's also that's fair. Tepper was the, calling plays, um, I heard, by the way. That's not true. I'm joking. I can't help, and like it's just impossible for me to look at a draft board, and I mean, I'm not the billionaire who traded away the pick, it's impossible for me to look at a draft board and not see via Carolina and just think like, dude, you gave away the number one overall pick in a draft with potentially multiple franchise quarterbacks and one of the best young receivers we've seen in quite some time and Marvin Harrison Jr. That was a with the first pick or cover three joke, maybe. Um, mm -hmm. Rome, is it Rome? Rome, who's Rome. Uh, who for Washington, who, so, I mean, th this, this draft is loaded and the Panthers gave up the number one overall pick in it. Even if Bryce Young had been good, like even if they, like, let's say you like Bryce Young and you don't want to draft another quarterback, you could trade this first overall pick for a bounty. Well, it, it I, is one of the, it is one of the worst trades, not because of Bryce Young, but because of what you were giving up draft capital wise, like DJ Moore and all these other picks. It's one of the I worst trades in NFL history. Yeah, I wouldn't go that far. I understand where you're coming from, though. But here's the thing. If C.J. Stroud, if the Texans had given up that much for C.J. Stroud, we wouldn't be saying anything. No. Because he, he's a home run. So my, my other point is that this is a cautionary tale for Washington and the Patriots and whoever trades up for a quarterback. You better have a plan because if you don't have – if the Bears draft someone, you better have a plan that involves someone like Bobby Slowick and a, a GM that can get players to help your quarterback because – Bryce Young could play for Houston and they wouldn't be as good as they are, but they wouldn't be a two-win team and he looks like he's never thrown a football before. But I, I take your point. The draft hall looks absolutely absurd in retrospect given how terribly they played to the point where Breach was not alone in yelling for Andy Dalton to take the field. Mm, sad, sad state of affairs. All right. Best offensive game. Wilson, yeah. you drafted the Washington Commanders. You are Josh Harris. You get to hire. You are Rick Spielman. You, are, you get to live out your dream and be Rick. You get to be inside of Rick. For a day. Breach has had enough. Um, <laughs> Aaron breaches out. <laughs> you should have heard the joke I made about Saturday night's streaming service on the earlier show. I need some sleep. Um, you are in charge of the Washington Commanders. Who is your? It doesn't have to be a free agent. It can be you know Harbaugh, Belichick, whatever you want. Where, where are you going with your hire? Here's the thing, and I was thinking about this. We've talked about this. You know how the hot young offensive or defensive coordinator is always the next guy in line to get hired as a head coach, and there's the disconnect between calling plays and leading men, if you will. Uh, it's one thing to to be Ben Johnson. It's something else to be a Mike Rabel or, or a Mike Tomlin. Um, but I think part of the math that the owners do and even the people that are in charge of making these hires, they do, when you think about it, Ben Johnson, for example, is that 
maybe he's not a great people person. I'm just speaking in general terms. I don't know Ben Johnson, but we know what he did with Jared Goff that offense. He can just call plays, but we'll give him the title of head coach because that's how because you have to move. You can't move laterally. You have to move up the org chart to change organizations. All that to say, I love the idea of Ben Johnson calling the plays for the commanders with whichever quarterback they take second overall or trade up for Caleb or whatever it is. I don't know how he would be as a Dan Campbell type. Like ideally, I would trade for Dan Campbell and Ben Johnson, and I would feel great about it. So I have a little hesitation breach, and I might throw a curveball here, and I might give the job to Jim Schwartz. Ooh. So he's got to get the OC hire. Absolutely right. You're on mute. But um, that's spicy. I like that. He was a guy to get Jim the OC Schwartz hire. Is a right. good head coach in Detroit. Yeah. And he almost got in a fight with Jim Harbaugh, which would be hysterical to see that rematch. <laughs> yeah. I mean, dude, Jim Schwartz took over the took over the Lions when they were bad, bad, bad and won some games and had them in a decent spot. And they went to the playoffs. He had that incredible line with Indomitian Sue, um, Cliff Averill. Who else was on that defensive line? Who am I missing? Um, Nick Fairley. Do they have Nick Fairley? Golly, that's a that's a you pulled that one out of the hat. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they had they had a really good defensive line. I feel like they had one more pass rusher. Anyway, oh, he'll um, get the defense right. And you got to get the OC right. And, you know, if you do that, golly. What do you think about hiring a defensive coach? And and real quick, Schwartz, he took over after the Lions went 0-16, and he had them in the playoffs within three seasons. And he hasn't gotten a, he, he's very abrasive, so he hasn't really gotten a look since then. But that would be don't care. That would Eric be an, the enemy's abrasive too. Yeah, sometimes I mean, you well, need I, that when you I don't stink. want Eric the enemy, but that's just me. All right, I'm the Chargers. I am, and I. By the way, I should point out that I guess that makes me Dean Spanos, which um, I should point Hello, out Dean. that uh, my son John Spanos is a bit of a bit of an issue too with this franchise and sort of not talked about uh, in a, in a way that that needs to be. Um, I don't know if you guys have checked out uh, chargers.com and gone to the front office, but uh, I hired this kid as a scout in 2003. And as he notes in his bio, Spanish ascension within the organization coincided with one of the most successful eras in franchise history from 04 to 09. I mean, just it's it's the most ridiculous thing you've ever seen. Like the Dean Spanish keep, and that's my concern with the Chargers is this guy is in charge of, he's like the VP of football operations. Like he didn't, it's not even, um, yeah, he's just, like I said earlier, he's just, he's a very yeah, fast swimmer. Because Telesco was, did a pretty good job. Um, he and Telesco were like buddy, buddy, apparently. Yeah, but it's not like a Dan Snyder, Bruce Allen situation. Named executive vice president of football relations in 2013. One of his first priorities in that role was hiring of general manager Tom Telesco. They haven't, they haven't updated the bio. We're a little slack on that right now. The two have guided the Chargers to three playoff appearances. <laughs> the two have guided them. And a pair of postseason victories. So the whole uh, that's a, that's a little bit of a concern for me. But I am going to go out and I'm going to spend. I'm going to get somebody who I'm probably going to end up uh, fighting with in three years, and I'm going to bring yeah. in Jim Harbaugh. Ooh, I like that better than than Belichick. Jim, Jim Harbaugh, Harbaugh and Justin Herbert are 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 in the AFC Championship game within the first three years, at least once of his of his tenure. If you sell yourself for Brandon Staley and get those results, I get Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh came into those 49ers teams that were truly and utterly terrible and immediately turned things around. Lucky or not, he's lucky everywhere he goes, it seems like. San Diego, Stanford. He's not lucky. He's just a great coach. And I I, I don't hate it. But, again, you will have three years, and then it'll be time. It, it, it will not last. But get the oh, hey, I, you go to the deep playoff runs, you'll take it. 
He took over the the Niners didn't have a winning season hadn't had a winning season since 2002. He took over in 2011 and they went to three straight NFC Championship games. That's insane. With Colin Kaepernick, and I think Alex Smith was the first one. Yeah, Alex right? Smith, yeah. He made Alex Smith stop wearing a Padres hat and start wearing a Giants hat. He's a quarterback makeover. He's, Harbaugh just wins everywhere he goes. So, uh, Breach, you are Artie Blank. Or excuse me, Mr. Blank, as the kids call him. Mr. Yes. Blank. Who are you hiring for the Atlanta Parker Falcons? Parker Blank, if I dressed up, put on a sweater, and oh, had a billion dollars in my bank account. Actually, you kind of could look like Arthur Blank. Breach, what would you do if uh, your first interview as Arthur Blank was that picture of Will Brinson as Bill Belichick? What if that guy walked in? <laughs> hey, by the way, Arthur Blank, friend oh of the God. podcast. <laughs> Not after that. you walk into the room looking like that. <laughs> um, um, look, I think if I'm Arthur Blank, I'm swinging for the fences here. I am Are you going to write a old. blank check? Uh, blank check. Uh, who knows? I might. Look, I think any owner in their 80s, Jerry Jones, that these you're, there's a sense of desperation. You want to win this Super Bowl now, and I think I'm signing Bell. I'm calling up the Patriots and I'm saying, "Tell me what I need to do." Just I'm not going to give you a first round pick, but anything besides that, or maybe Belichick plays hardball and gets fired because he's only going to be traded if he wants to be traded. You play hardball and say, "No, how about you fire me and pay <laughs> me 25 million uh, or whatever it is for his last year of his contract?" So I make the trade. Bring in Belichick, and then it's all about bringing in the right quarterback. What what can if I, what if the what if the Patriots up? said what if the Patriots said Belichick's yours for two hundred eighty three thousand dollars <laughs> and a seventh round pick? Oh my god! I write the check and, and what if uh, Mike Vrabel's still out there? You know, here's the thing: is that they just went through uh, the Nashville circle by hiring Arthur Smith from oh, the Titans. And that does I mean, Arthur Smith and Mike Vrabel are two totally, completely different coaches. I don't think I don't know that Mike styles. Vrabel would take that job. I, yeah, I don't think Vrabel would go to Atlanta. Why? I think Vrabel would do Tennessee or New England. I, I, I think, think I don't. I don't think, I don't think Vrabel would do that out of respect for Arthur Smith. But maybe I'm crazy. No, I mean, only like 32 of these jobs. Belichick. I don't know. I can't. I just don't get the Belichick thing. So, what's the plan with the quarterback? You. That's the plan. That's we got to figure out. That's why you pay. Oh. Uh, Kirk I like the Kirk Cousins plan is great. There you go. Kirk Ryan Tannehill. Let's just keep going with the Titans connection. <laughs> Tannehill could get that team to the playoffs. Okay, well, I mean, Bel I mean, what about I mean, I uh, this is I'm gonna regret saying this, but well, actually, you know, one, you could draft Jaden Daniels, you could trade for Justin Fields, you could probably get back Jones for nothing and bring him to Atlanta with those weapons. I mean, and Josh McDaniels mm. takers. Wilson's um, so anti-Belichick that it actually blows my mind. I know it's pretty crazy. I have never met one. someone who disrespects a six-time Super Bowl winner more than Ryan Wilson. If Bill Belichick was going to talk Tom Brady out of retirement, then let's have a conversation. But, but, but Wilson's also like, I'm like, I think the Chiefs could like, you know, get hot in the playoffs. Wilson's like, that's the most preposterous thing I've ever heard this year. <laughs> they better be lucky they avoided the Steelers. I'll just leave it at that. Mason Rudolph. That's <laughs> yeah, true. Um, okay, so Breach, you were. Breach, you are now marked it. Wow, Arthur, you go from being Arthur Blank, who who dresses to the nines on the sidelines, to uh, being Mark Davis. You are uh, wearing a jumpsuit. Right back, covered, I'm looking at a bowl cut. You are wearing a jumpsuit and covered in ketchup. So this is a lot more appropriate for you, I think. You would, you're yeah. like, you're like a combo of Arthur Blank and, and Mark Davis here. Uh, who are you hiring for the Raiders? 
and uh, eating at PF Chang's for dinner tonight, where which is where I will call my coaching candidates from. <laughs> from the booth. Uh, wait, do we already hire Harbaugh? We can't do that twice, right? That would be something Mark Davis would think about. Sure, go ahead. <laughs> you, he's already been hired by Jeff Harbaugh. <laughs> ben Johnson's still out there. Frank Smith out of the U is still you out know, there. I honestly think that I don't hate the Harbaugh idea, but if that's not there. I don't hate the idea of sticking with Antonio Pierce. I don't know why you would. I like that. I, I mean, like they that. blew up the Frank Passaccia thing. Uh, Rich Passaccia. Rich. Who's Frank? Frank, 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 Frank the Tank? Frank the Tank Passaccia. Rich Passaccia. They messed that up. And the, the players have come out. I know you don't always listen to the players, but when they say this is the guy we want, after saying Josh McDaniels was terrible in terms of being a leader, why? what are you trying to – what do you want to do? They scored 63 points on a team. They beat a team so bad they had to fire the coach. <laughs> I, I do think that I, I think that that is a good example of what we should expect from the Raiders is it's going to come down to can you will and look Jim Harbaugh has Donnie is his agent Donnie is connection the Donnie is going to play the Chargers against the Raiders and drive up Jim Harbaugh's price and get a bunch of money for him and I wouldn't be shocked at all if he ended up going to the Raiders for mainly for personnel control purposes if that's but if if he doesn't and he goes to the chargers then yeah i think antonio pierce is the play all right um you know who i'll be agent also is all right we need a what donnie's agent tom brady and jimmy garoppolo tom brady. part owner Don joe flacco too of the oakland raiders who are now in las yep. vegas and jimmy garoppolo current quarterback of the oakland raiders or the las vegas raiders who they've negotiated with okay we need a bald, arrogant megalomaniac who went to Carnegie Mellon. Do we have any of those in the room? Well, for what purpose, sir? <laughs> to be David Tepper. Oh, oh, there we go. <laughs> yeah, that's that's right up Wilson's alley. I was wondering like, where they're going. Bald and pretentious college degree. Yeah, I mean David Tepper literally his name is on the business school at Carnegie Mellon, but um, they oh, bought it. He bought the building. He gets yeah. to put his name on it. Um, let me just do this by committee since David Tepper won't do a good job by himself. Hey, Ben Johnson's still out there. Just throw Ben Johnson $20 million a year, $15 million a year, whatever the report was. When I, I um, was talking to BMAC and Liget on the Brady, Brady Quinn Liget podcast last week, and both of them said that I don't know why anyone would, would want to play for an owner who's throwing water on people or whatever he threw on people. While poor Scott Fitter had just to stand there like a statue and not react because that's his boss. Players, uh, by the way, by the way, I said this. I, I said this this morning. I think. I mean, if David Tepper needs like a, you know, uh, average like middle aged, extra chinned, Caucasian fella to tell him yes to every move he wants to make for several million dollars a year, I'm here for it. I mean, I, I will. Well, I think they've got those guys lined up. I think Scott Fowler reported that they fired all the the no men. Because he's not used yeah. to having. Yeah, sorry, Burns. That position's uh, taken. <laughs> I'm just saying Scott Fitter just got fired. His, his primary yes man got fired. Um, I think Ben Johnson's Ben Johnson's the answer. Tepper, Tepper needs a spin guy, somebody who can spin what he says to he. If Tepper says something that's obviously wrong, you spin it so that he becomes right, not a that's yes guy. The problem, isn't it? No, no, no. Because you spin it around and use explain to him why he's wrong, but in the <laughs> nicest terms possible. Oh, I see. I got you. I thought you meant and, and then he 
sees the logic and then you make him think he came up with a new idea of why he was right and then he'll be on board with it. Let it's, me ask you guys uh, this. You're going to be paid 600 grand a year for this. So why, worth it. why do billionaires who are successful in their original line of work suck so bad when they buy sports teams? Because they think it's mad. They think they think it's 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 it's, it's hubris. It's it's like financial hubris, basically. But David you Tepper your said philosophy, in the past, your, your philosophy that got you to where you are in life is going to work in football. But I David think Tepper said thing. in the past that he's not one to fire people wantonly in in his other line of work. <laughs> And I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know the data. I don't have the, the the list of fire people in front of me. But I just, if I take him at his word, and then suddenly he's, I mean, who, why are you firing soccer coaches? No one even cares about. No offense, no one cares about the Charlotte FC team. No, none, none, um, none but he's going through those guys like he's, you know. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's because in the hedge fund world, you can pretty quickly win. You know, you get a, you hit, you know, if you, you buy a distressed asset and it flips around, you get a huge win. You're not going to fire a guy who's closing those deals in the NFL. You know, it is a meritocracy and you're, you're not, like you're not going to just win just because you just went out there and you spent the most money that ne never happens like that. We've seen that for years with these owners. And so I think that is probably the primary problem. The belief that he can just make, make it just, I'll just spend and this will work. And like, What's up? Through force of will. Yeah, exactly. All right. So that's our uh, that's our Black Monday roundup. We will be back. By the way, quickly, we just had Ben Johnson, but there's Dan Quinn still out there, Raheem Morris, um, Idro Efro's on the staff. I don't know if he wants to keep Frank going. Smith, Bobby Slowick, Todd Monken, Mike McDonald. Yeah, there's, I, I think they're going to have to end up high, either overpaying grossly for someone like Ben Johnson or hiring somebody who, I mean, Eric Bieniemy. Tom Capers Original OG coach <laughs> Tom Capers the first Frank Original Wright's type. coach He was Original Frank Wright's coach when they, were, when they were The Panthers first started in 95 Alright that'll do it for us Thanks for watching Thanks for listening For Breach For Wilson I'm Brinson Make sure to subscribe Like, rate, and review See you guys later